and welcome to a Muslim and a Jew unlearning. Oh my gosh, I missed you. Miss you too. We took a little hi- hiatus, uh, but we're back. Yes, and we're not going away. <laughs> no, we're not ever. No, no, no. You're you're all stuck with this. All right. So Julia, yes. She, Julia wrote a phenomenal article. Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to break it down. Before yeah. we begin, Julia, tell us uh, what you're learning in um, Israel as of lately. Yes. I'm so sorry if you can hear the thunder. Um, so, actually, I didn't even tell you one of the classes I'm taking this semester, which just started. I've only had it once, is language policy. So, I'm going to end up having a lot more to say. But the idea for this episode, this episode is about language and and conflict, specifically the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and conflict within Israel, um, which is not talked about on by people outside of the country who think that they care about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, not to be passive aggressive or anything, but exactly. um, It It was only talked about for two months last summer and that was it. Yeah. So I mean, I took a class last semester called Multilingualism in the Public Space, Linguistic Landscape. Um, and it was about specifically Israel, but we did, we did talk about other contexts. Like I wrote a paper actually about Confederate monuments in the U.S., but um, we learned a lot about how like uh, the usage of Arabic and Hebrew and even English in the public spaces in Israel reflects social dynamics, power dynamics, oppression, um, tensions and issues in general, like, and that's true of all linguistic landscapes. Um, so that's where I got the idea for us to talk about this or for us to write the article, actually. I mean, I wrote the article and then you said we should talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, language is inarguably important. It's a part of our identity. Um I'm thinking there's so many different parts to start off at. Um, There's a huge emphasis on Hebrew, obviously, in Israel. It's like a revived language. Um, It's super intertwined with this feeling of like survival and unity and the Jewish state and post-Holocaust, post-World War II, um, nationalism, patriotism, but it's also kind of sad because, I mean, Arabic is also really important to um, Arab Israelis. And it's definitely the language has been pushed to the side because of Hebrew. Um, like it was demoted nationally from like a, an official national language to a to special status which like no one knows what that even means um and a lot of times on signs like arab words arabic words are spelt wrong or the font is smaller or there's just no arabic so you can see reflected on the literal signage of the country that hebrew is the priority english is always there because english is a lingua franca like it's important everyone speaks it pretty much here um and arabic is always last you can also see when you're in a mixed city or an arab village you then you see the arabic it's bigger it's spelled right it's just very interesting because when you pay attention to what's around you you see it's reflecting uh social realities so Mm. that was what the class was about it was super interesting then there's more what we'll talk about is the educational aspect because in schools um arab 
Israelis learn Hebrew Jewish he, Hebrew Jewish Hebrew English and Arabic they speak all three languages and Jewish Israelis know Hebrew and English and and they usually don't learn Arabic unless they're in some unit in the IDF where they need to learn Arabic for counterterrorism and then there's this negative connotation with the language Jewish Israelis very rarely learn Arabic for like a positive reason mm-hmm. um and like we've spoken about research shows that when they do learn it, they have warmer feelings towards Arabs, towards Arab Israelis, towards the language. And it has like a really positive impact. And I wrote this article saying that we're missing this. We Israel is missing this opportunity to have Arabic and language be like a positive way to connect the Israeli population. Um, and it's just like being ignored. If anything, it's being like accidentally used to perpetuate the conflict Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about within the israeli population arab israelis and jewish israelis um i'm not talking about palestine and israel and that is what i said people don't even realize is an issue because no one takes the time to i don't know pay attention to the nuances of the conflict Mm -hmm. um like when we look talk about the nuances like the biggest thing like that you're talking about like if we're going to talk about like something that Mm -hmm. is really perpetuating this conflict is like this divide this no like there's limited understanding coming from both sides like one side does not understand the other and again it really truly does start with language because people think okay yeah language is communication but like language does more than communication like you understand like a person's mannerisms in Mm -hmm. in deeper ways like you understand that like that way of speaking it like if you truly understand the language then you understand that that person's not actually being offensive. They're actually being very um, kind. But because you don't understand the language, you might interpret it as offensive. So then that could create some divide, right? So when we talk about language, it's, it's, we have to think about linguistics. Like it's only, it's not just like communication. It's like semantics. It's, it's mm-hmm. um, like phonics. Like there's different types of things that can, you know, c- contribute to communication. Like I can't really put a finger on it, but like, if you've ever seen like two French people talking to one another, it's completely different than when two people who speak English are speaking to one another, right? Yeah. And then like if you look at English speakers like American and they're looking at French people speaking, they might think, oh, very aggressive, very, very um, out there. But in reality, they're just talking like they don't see it as aggressive like we do because we speak differently. So when yeah. we learn more languages, we understand not to take certain things personally or we learn not to interpret things in the wrong way which therefore creates better communication and then unity but like you know Arabic is being interpreted in one way and Hebrew is probably being interpreted in another way and as a result when we don't learn the language we're just going to keep with those keep internalizing those stereotypes basically and you know of course that's going to create even more misinformation and it's like a crazy little domino effect so it just language on its own could do so much you know like it just offers so much like that's communication like they can't fix any of their problems if they're not communicating and also like i said it language is very intertwined with identity and and culture it's something that like i didn't really ever think about that much because everyone freaking speaks english and other languages i've learned have been like through the privilege of education or from travel not because i've needed to um and like arab israelis learn a lot about Jewish culture and, and Hebrew and like the religion and 
it's not a two-way street like it jewish israelis don't know arabic they don't know a lot about arab culture and they don't have to but like he you need hebrew to get into university here to be like success, successful here and so it's just it's causing like a, a greater divide where we could be using language education and language policy to like bridge gaps because there's mm-hmm. literal research that shows us that that works and there was there have been some very surface level efforts to do that like we de- we looked at this picture of Netanyahu in class like it's like not funny but it was funny because he just looked like such an idiot like he was holding an Arab Arab textbook or book I think it was a textbook upside down um oh my and God. like smiling holding it I wish you could see through no way dude that is hilarious it said like salam shalom um but like i'm pretty sure salam was like not spelled right or something like it was just like and he it it was supposed to be this pr stunt that like if we should um promote learning arabic to help with the like internal conflict within the country which is amazing and true and i fully support that and believe it's a great opportunity 100 percent, yeah. but like he's it's so clearly but was just like uh, it needs to be intentional right yeah, it's it like one of those stuff. things like it needs to be intentional and that's like one thing you i've been thinking have about anyone who speaks arabic to check the picture for you exactly like what people need to understand too like and this is goes for the whole world when we see a corporation or a politician quote-unquote acting looking woke like yeah. trying to be diverse doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything until we see the intentional action. So it's kind of yeah, like, like, and what what I think about all the time is Nike, Nike with their new um like hijab um like sports um, hijab like gar- yeah like the, the hijabs for working out basically yeah like they're trying to be more like athletic hijab like athletic and stuff like that um but like. I mean, they de- there's definitely, like, there has been ties and stuff, like, with Nike and, like, using, like, Uyghur labor in China and stuff like that. Like, they're not being intentionally, like, actually helping, you know, like, Muslim people. Like, they're just just putting a pretty picture up and everyone's like, good job, Nike. Y'all are doing so good. And then no one does anything. So it's, it's like, like the companies that put out, like, a rainbow what whatever version of whatever product they have for... um pride month exactly in june everything's rainbow and then afterwards nothing is like there's symbolic it's all symbolic rainbow in tel aviv all the time (laughs) yeah see like keep it up it's pretty you keep it up you know like but no it just it's all symbolic it's all for time it's all temporary this change is not lasting and that's the problem that i'm starting to see because you know like with pc culture it's a beautiful thing because in a way it could create safe spaces for people but at the same time it's not letting people it's telling it's lying to people it's creating Mm -hmm. a false change an idea of like that there's change happening when there is no change happening where is the change if you if you scare people into looking or sounding woke or pc it's not actually creating change Mm -hmm. exactly and then what's happening now is people feel exempted from doing anything at all and then boom like the the cycle continues so that's why again when we go back to like language like what we need to do is like language is going to help bridge those gaps between people to like come together and like just do create the change that they need to create themselves like organizing efforts like the things that we saw during like the civil rights movement like in the 1960s like the people need to come together and do that but like no one's talking to one another so like that's the world but then especially when we look at like palestine 
I'm I love that specifically answer. honestly Arab that. and Jewish Israelis specifically yeah, yeah there's like that divide Palestine right now uh-huh and like to clarify I, and then when we look at again like language like yeah you truly do understand like the culture with the language like mm-hmm. I mean if anyone's ever taken a class like a language like a class that's other like a second language then you you're not just learning the language you're learning about the culture you have yeah. to learn about the culture as you learn about the language. I've never been in a class like a French class or a Spanish class where I was not learning about the history mm-hmm. of the place where the language is originated from. And like the norms and whatever. Like, exactly, you, you know, it. like for example, like French people are very blunt, you know, and that's that's okay. Like we just are not here in America, but like doesn't mean that French people are bad or rude, you know, like. So it helps you kind of step out of yourself. It helps you decenter yourself when you're learning other languages. So you learn not to take things personally and you learn to be less contentious. You know, it really does give you that, gives you that empathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the signage stuff is really interesting, important, but like obviously our focus is on, on like in our lives is on education. And so that's, I think what we'll talk, we're talking more about. So, like, how to bring it into education. Like, I mean, it's just, like, it's so freaking easy. Make all kids – okay, it's not so easy. Make all kids take three languages at some point. Like, why do just the Arab Israelis have to learn three languages? I, I mean, that yeah, that's a very quick – I mean, it really is. Like, it's true. Arabs are learning the three languages. Just add in that one language and uh, drop it in because they are surrounded by a bunch of Arab countries. Like, they probably and, should. Yeah. And, like, honestly, that's, a, like, an amazing skill. Like – but also, it's just because the people making uh, language policy don't care. They don't actually care that that's like a could be helpful or beneficial. And there would be a lot of pushback from Jewish Israelis. Um, not a lot. Uh, yeah, of it's kind of like here when everyone's their... like speaking Spanish, people get offended. And yeah. it's like, why? L- like, learn my language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like threat. So yeah, they like feel the threatened by it. There's a lack of motivation, but it's just frustrating because the research shows that like it, it's beneficial um, to relations. To, and, to, like, but, and when we look at these things, like nobody's re- like these are the people who are well, the people we need to read research the most are not reading the research. Like, and that's my yeah. been my question in the end. It's like all these information's out there. We know what we've got to do, but no one wants to learn. So it's like, how do we make that change? That how do we create that drive to like? learn like overthrow the government i'm kidding over- <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding we have to completely uproot the culture and start from scratch it seems because it's like damn but no like i i mean truly i think it's just like it requires a lot of awareness you know i think some mm-hmm. people are just like very used to just thinking a certain way like there there's not enough opportunity probably actually you tell me how many opportunities are there in israel for just it, like whether Palestine or not, like for Arabs and Israelis to constantly intermingle, like because sometimes Barely you see any. like them living there, but are they clicking away or are they actually like you see a lot of interaction? There are mixed cities, mm-hmm. um, not a ton. Um, I mean, it's funny because I live with tons of Arab Israelis. Wait, I think there are way more Arab Israelis where I live like on campus than mm-hmm. Jewish Israelis. I actually don't know if there's any in my building. Um, but for the most part, they don't interact. Um, and interactions are generally 
Arab Israelis coming into like Jewish Israeli quote unquote turf and like as, like being immersed in in Jewish Israeli culture rather than the other way around, which is one of the reasons that Jewish Israelis can get uncomfortable like when they're immersed in in Arab Israeli culture um, or when they hear Arabic because they have negative connotations and like that is I don't mean that as like an affront to any Jewish Israelis like that's that's how like human beings work when you're not exposed to to a people oh a hundred percent i mean in, like, even here in america light. when they hear arabic like automatic people even when i hear arabic and i'm arab like i have that internalized, internalized. Islamophobia and like internalized hate like it's there like that makes yeah. perfect sense so yeah i mean like i like and i have um a arab, but and some of them are christian and some of them of them are muslim but like i I interact with Arabs way more than most Jewish Israelis do. And I like that was stuff. I, I did research on that too last semester. Like some of the questions I asked my participants was like, how often did you interact with the other? Um, and it's definitely not a ton specific that's situation. The thing, and you very segregated. Up, yeah, you bring up a really good point. Yeah, yeah because it's allowed to be integrated, but we're not. Uh, exactly so here's the thing like whenever we talked about like anti-racist like behavior that needs to happen it's like i think one of the things that like, the question that we brought up to white people is like who are you surrounding yourself with yeah are all of your friends white yeah. maybe if you live in a city that's all white people okay like obviously but it's if you're hard, living but... in dallas if you're living in new york if you're living yeah. in cities that are very diverse mm-hmm. if you are surrounded by white people you need to check yourself like it's one of those things right and also and so, like they need to basically okay, create a a a need to have to interact with one another, you know. But the first things first, they need to interact to basically want to learn the language, want to learn yeah. with one another, because you have to interact with people of color here to understand like where you're at. And not a lot of people want to do that. It makes people uncomfortable, uh-huh. and and also not even just racially or ethnically or religiously. I don't. know. I don't, I feel like I keep saying words wrong tonight. So I'm going to talk slowly. Um, also just like ideologically, like do, do all your friends think the same thing you think? Cause you're never going to grow and learn. If uh-huh. true. Uh-huh. Like you should be challenged by people around you and, and stimulated and you should have to rethink what you think. And, and even if it doesn't, even if your friends or your family or whatever people around you don't change your mind, they should make you think about why you think what you think. Exactly. And exactly. You do that when everyone looks like you and sounds like you and came from the same background as you. And no one likes to be wrong. Everyone wants to feel right. Like I always yeah. say this confirmation bias is the downfall yeah. of our society. No one wants totally. to learn something different because they don't want to feel wrong or dumb or different or outside of the box. Like no one wants to feel that way. Everyone wants to feel comfortable. And so no one is going to try. Like everyone's algorithms on their social media it's tuned uh, perfectly for them like one of our greatest weaknesses humans are the worst honestly <laughs> that's what it comes down to me for to me every time we have an episode i'm like ultimately human beings need to evolve further. human beings need have. to decenter themselves it's not about you like individual people like make it about them like and then everyone else is and then those people are, are just so unaware that they're making everything about them and they take everything so unbelievable personally and that's most people 
Yeah. Most people really do- cannot Human nature, I'm themselves. telling you, we're not that evolved, I feel like. Uh, oh, my God. There's a quote. There's a quote out there, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically, like, we have, like, cavemen minds, yeah. you know, and, ah, dang it, cavemen minds, and then, like, and the like, technology of, like, gods, technology. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and there's a quote Say by the again. scientist. Yeah. But that's what, that's the situation. Like, we, we are have, not, wait, we're we have about. Ca- we have caveman minds and what? And like the technology of gods, like yes, something like yes. that. Okay. Yeah. The, it's a yeah. quote along those lines. It's not the correct quote, but like, like we're that not mature enough for like how developed like our society is. Uh, infrastructure. Absolutely not. Like, like literally though. Like this is literally we are not developed. We are not. A, this is like giving a baby a gun. Like we are not. <laughs> well, we're not prepared for this. So it's like. We have yeah. a lot of inner work to do. Everyone has a lot of inner work. Just because we invented the iPhone and we went to the moon <clears throat> doesn't mean that we're, like, as capable as we think we are. Like, we have a lot of inner work that we need to do. But no one um, wants to do it. And also, like, the planet's going to be destroyed by the time anyone does it. So Exactly. And then, you know what? This is how what describes your society. Don't look up. That's what's oh, happening God. right now. So if you don't want that to happen, do some inner work. And if you're thinking right now, I don't need to, you need to. Literally, if anyone says I have Everyone nothing to work to. on, you are the one person who has a lot to work on. Also, like there isn't anyone exempt from from questioning themselves. And oh, a hundred percent, yeah. But there are we've all heard it. Like, oh, I don't need to work on anything. I've heard that so many times. Or they need I to. Have, I don't have time to. That oh my god, we hear that all the time. Uh, if if and I mean no, I mean, no, I, mean time I do as teachers. You can. can. But, like, I do it, too. I scroll Instagram, and I see something I know I should read, and I think, you know what? I don't have the emotional capacity for this today. Yeah, balance. I don't don't feel like it today. But, like, sometimes you have to, like, push yourself. Exactly. It's all about about that balance. You know, it's, like, find time, at least on a weekly basis, to enrich yourself, to have tough conversations. You know, maybe the tough conversations can happen every now and then, not all the time, you know, because I know that can be overwhelming. But if you're not working towards expanding your mind in some way that's different you need to do that that's the only way our society can change because nothing's changing right now like again if you think things are changing that's that pc culture you know symbolic change tricking you. lying to you and tricking you we're yeah. not changing our mastercard issues is still up you know, i things think are happening around the world is still happening like no we should do an episode on like on like woke culture and like cancel culture and and being pc because i feel like on the one hand we should be fucking nicer and i don't understand why people have problems with being fucking nicer and more empathetic and Mm -hmm. like loving and and open but at Mm -hmm. the same time like there it does damage and i think it'd be interesting to talk about that double-edged sword exactly like and, and i've been reading and i have a book that basically talks um a lot about that but yeah like pc culture is extremely harmful um in ways that people don't really realize so i was mm-hmm. yeah we're definitely gonna do an episode on that just because that like idea. again it's about that divide like we are not gonna get anywhere unless we're bipartisan i'm sorry we're gonna have to talk to some republicans we're gonna have to talk to some conservatives i'm sorry like that's the only way like conservative people in this world exist like and that not all conservative people are racist horrible evil people yeah you know? and not all Democrats and not all liberals are not racist. Exactly, not There's all Democrats are good either. Probably a lot of a person you trash. are, racist you are. Exactly, exactly. So I'm just like, 
Okay, yeah, we need we just need to take a step back because I think everyone is getting too into their bubbles. Yeah. And that's what, what this whole podcast and this episode is about. Like, we need, this is like, we're talking about language, Arabic and Hebrew. But this is like, applies to everything. Like, are you interacting with people that are different with you? Like, there's different say, types what, of languages. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, language goes all, and always, whether it's a different language or it's a different type of, you know, slang or a different type of context or like, whatever, like, mm-hmm. like, there needs to be an effort to try to understand the other side. In and order even, to and it change. doesn't even have to be, uh, it should be people who disagree with you and people that maybe you look down on it, that you should interact with those, those people. And, but at the same time, like it can also just be interacting with people that are different than you. It doesn't have to be like, uh, I'm, exactly. I'm as liberal as they get and he's as conservative as, as they get. And so we should just like sit in a room together. Like it, it can also be like, obviously not everyone has the means to travel, but just like getting out of like your comfort zone and like seeing, I don't know, just like how other people live and what other people think and other people's experiences. It doesn't have to necessarily be like a political divide that you're broaching. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, people are so like, well, I'm not going to do that because blah, blah, you know? And I think it's like, people are just really hurt, really like they're really hurt. And it's just like, but we still need to find ways to decenter ourselves because like this hurt won't stop. Like, it's just not going to stop unless we come together in some way. And there is a way, there is a common ground, you know? Because when we look at, I look at Israel, like, like they're both from the same land, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. their land. Like, they should come together on that land and celebrate that land together, you know? And you raise these questions in your, um, in your, what's it paper. called? Articles. In your paper. Sorry. And then you put, like, what if we work to have language dynamics reflect what we want social dynamics to look like? And I thought that was, like, exactly like that's perfect so imagine a school where they kind of like force each other to learn and talk like they're just going to be used to it and then by the time they leave they're gonna be like i know 10 20 arabs i know 10 20 you know hebrew um jewish israelis like they're all great people why are we doing this you know like that is going to change culture because when you implement those languages and then you added another question like what if we embodied a multilingual and multicultural approach to Arabic, Hebrew, and English in the school system and in public spaces, encouraging a more inclusive society? Oh that God, would like, do it. I like, I'm blushing that you're quoting me. I know. I love you. I love you. I do. I really love this question. I'm like, that's what we need to be asking ourselves because, again, like you said, language and identity are deeply intertwined. So the marginalization of a language actually has a power to marginalize its speakers. And this is coming from experience, like, with, mm-hmm. like, me when I and I think about like Spanish and I see my students who are being shut down you know for speaking Spanish and it hurts their soul and their heart it's not like oh I can't speak my language it hurts your heart like my mom you know really 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 struggles with English and she's so insecure about her accent because so many people point out her accent and it makes her feel small just Mm -hmm. and she knows English but her accent's there, so it makes her feel small. But if those yeah. things weren't emphasized, she'd be more open and happy to speak English and talk to people. But my mom literally will not interact really with certain sad. people because of that. Simply yeah. that. Because of the alienation. And, you know? Yeah. And I also think just with Israel specifically, like, a lot of people, I have to, like, check myself sometimes. Like, I'm very, like, hopeful and, like, I do this research and I want to, like, do this when I grow up and, like, start this school and whatever. Like, a lot of, most people who have been here forever are very, are much more cynical than I am. And, like, I have to, like, remind myself of that. 
Um, but at the same time, like when I see people interacting who come from the groups that are supposed to like hate each other or on a larger scale, don't get along, like getting along, you realize that it really isn't impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's just like there needs there needs to just be like wider scale effort. It's not like things aren't happening. And there's yeah. shared education, which I've talked about on the podcast before. There's bilingual integrated schools. Like it's not like it doesn't exist. It's just it's not widespread enough. It's not the status quo. And if it was, that would be amazing. It's like in their head they need and it's like with all positive change, it does require people to make a personal sacrifice. Yes. And yes. Oh my it's God, like I what sacrifice that. are they willing to make? And they need an incentive to make that sacrifice. And yeah. it's like for a more peaceful community, yeah, but they don't believe it because they don't believe that the other side is capable of that. Yeah, you got to get people invested. Exactly. And so that's going to require a lot of public awareness campaigns, a lot of – it's going to start at the school system, like straight up just implement, make them learn Arabic. If you just make them learn Arabic, that would do a little bit for us, for sure. Really, I, you and know? I just think it's, it's obviously more complicated than that, but it is uh-huh. 100% – a feasible opportunity for creating more cohesion and, and coexistence within the country and that's and it's like what is what what who benefits from this division that's like one of those things you have to ask like why mm-hmm. why is this not happening you know and it's yeah, like because there's people who don't want it to happen mm-hmm. i also just i want to throw in the textbook thing here because mm. i think it's important and i yeah it's not only the language thing in schools. It's also that the textbooks are very, they're whitewashed, but they're, they're like Jewish washed. They're, you know, like just like any other place in the world, somebody runs a textbook company and, and they have an agenda. And so all of the sectors, including the Arab sector in Israel, learn from the same English textbooks. And the, and again, I like I've done, I've done research on this also and, and read a lot of studies and I'm not just like pulling this stuff out of nowhere. Um, the textbooks are culturally relevant to Jewish Israelis, uh, Jewish culture, Jewish holidays, Jewish names. Very rarely are there Arab names, uh, Arab culture, uh, stuff uh, with like Islam and Christianity even. Um, well, that sounds and, familiar. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So like very not new, new unique mm-hmm. to Israel. Um, and there's tons of research on how that makes, uh, Arab Israeli students and teachers feel it's alienating. There's cultural conflict that they experience very similar to the way that black or African-American students in America. Um, again, this is from research. I'm not like claiming to know, speak for anyone, um, how they experience like curriculum in America that's written for white students, especially white students with high socioeconomic status. It's, it's alienating to students. And why would a kid be invested in a system that they don't see themselves in? And um, so textbooks, something as simple as textbook reform is really important. Um, and a great, again, feasible place to start. Like these are not impossible things, you know, like editing textbooks. That is not an impossible effort to uh, take on. But um, I just- But yeah, it's about the incentive and willingness. It's like, well, this doesn't benefit me. So I'm not, we're not going to do it. And the same way that like you and I had to like do extra freaking work for our students so that they could buy people- who look like them or they could hear stories about their ancestors instead of just like 
freaking Christopher Columbus. That is also what um, uh, Arab teachers do in Israel is, is they're supplementing curriculum. They're doing extra work. And they see like engagement improves, achievement improves when they when they do that extra work. But that's not fair. And no teachers anywhere in the world should have to be doing that. Like, and I want to say, like, if anyone like, oh, teachers should be doing that. It's a lot of fucking work. Like, this is way too much overtime. Someone should be doing it, but not the not the teach not the exactly like 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 we'll do it. But it's it's very like we can you pay us like I don't know fifty (laughs) thousand dollars more because it's a lot of fucking work because you're you're recreating a curriculum and then teaching it and then also having to teach it in multiple different ways for different learning styles like no one can comprehend teaching and then also yeah creating culturally relevant content and curriculum that doesn't and then I love the the part that you said you're like why would they want to invest themselves in a in a system that they do not see themselves in so you look at that it's like we need more you know arab israelis and especially looking here too people of color invested in the system that is oppressing them invested in the system to change the system because we need diversity we need both groups you know in this system and they're not gonna they're gonna stick its head back they're gonna be alienated they're not gonna get involved they're not gonna go out and vote they're not going to go out and put, they're not going to do anything, right? Because that's not, that doesn't apply to them. They don't see themselves in this world. Yes, because you know, it's, it's, the same thing, it's, anti-critical it's racism. Systemic marginaliz- marginalization. There you go. I would just like to caveat, I, I do do the extra work without being paid more. I don't actually, I'm not actually waiting for anyone to pay me more. To do oh, yeah. I mean, we have to do that work. I mean, <laughs> I, would it wouldn't, happily, I, I, would I literally would not. If I was paid more. Yeah. I mean, personally speaking, I do the work also because I'd be bored as hell if I taught the curriculum as it is. Yeah, and like, because I'd you be want bored. The, the best feeling in the world, uh, uh, not even as a teacher, just like if you never experience it because you're not a teacher, like, I'm sorry, it's like the best feeling in the world. Like, when your kids like light up, uh, like, I oh my God. cry. And, and it doesn't happen if you don't do the extra work unless you're teaching just white. Kids. Exactly. Like, I love when they go, oh, and then they draw their own connections. And then they see, like, how this impacts their actual lives. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's, like, amazing because if I, me, a third-year teacher, can make my curriculum like this, then do it. Then do it, State of Texas. Then do it, Israel. Then do it. Like, the world needs to do it because (laughs) I did it. And I have no experience. (laughs) So it's, like, it's just such BS when this shit happens, you know? Like, we please listen to our episode on the anti-critical race theory efforts happening but like this is why we need a diverse and an inclusive curriculum because no one knows about the world around them truly it's just only one perspective and it's incorrect that's not how the world is and that's also how adults become so polarized because they feel so attacked when like things are different than they thought they were Uh but if you teach kids from a young age that like people disagree and have different perspectives and experiences and that's okay and how do we talk to each other when we disagree and like then we don't grow up to be so angry and either angry or or sensitive honestly is it seems like the two those are the two extremes in the u.s at least like you've got like really sensitive people probably i fall on sensitive actually i'm pretty angry too actually You've got like angry Republicans and sensitive Democrats, and and how how are they ever going to do anything good? Angry, de- angry Republicans, sensitive Democrats. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, like we just set ourselves up for failure constantly <laughs> through the education. We're system. all so offended and offend like and sensitive, like offended. like literally everyone is just we're getting nowhere. <laughs> it's actually embarrassing. Like it's it's like. <laughs> 
we're just we're just churning out adults who act like children in America and, and don't know how to critically think. They don't know how to engage with each other. They don't know how to problem solve. They don't know how to step out of their own reality. Because they only saw the world, is. like you said, in one way. Like it's kind of like when we I think we did an episode on white fragility. But it was like when we tell them like their whole idea of the American dream is shattered and it's mm-hmm. very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, it's because they've been taught that America is this one way where it's like if you taught it the real way. Oh, my God. It's so, so unbelievably false. Like, yeah, I can't believe I, I mean, it was it's crazy going through K to 12 and then going to college and then really investing myself in this work. And it just I learned nothing in high school. I did not learn history in high school. That's Sorry, how that's it felt. So funny, and it's like, holy shit. And then people are going into the world actually thinking the American dream is real. Yeah. I, who well, let who me, do you let know just... that owns a house? <laughs> like, I don't know anyone our, my, my age that owns a house. And everyone my age is supposed to own a house. According just to the American add dream. To that, add to that that the American dream exists for a very niche group of people. Exactly. And that's what people struggle with is if something's true for me, it must be true for everyone. And, and if someone says it's not, I feel attacked and I shut down. Like we just have trouble in America specifically, I think, understanding that like our realities aren't other people's realities. And we get really frustrated and, you know, we want everyone to care about what we care about. And we want everyone to agree with us. And it, there are time, times and places to, you know, like stick to your guns and, and be stubborn um, and passionate. But like, a lot of times we need to say, like, just because this is how I feel and what I think and the experience I had does not mean it's true for everyone else. Exactly. Like, the whole world needs to read the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, like, I love that book. De-center your damn self, please. Like, you are the reason why. I mean, they're not the reason why. Health. Sensitive people aren't the reason why. But in the end, like, the people in power, like, the white man, he's sensitive as fuck. He is so yeah. fucking sensitive. Like, he's and, like the his biggest red. baby. Huh? The white, the straight white. <laughs> the straight, straight, straight white man. Has always gotten The cis white man. <laughs> and we have, we have set him up like a little mama's boy. Yeah. To really hate not getting his way. And ah. I'm not saying I, 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 I'm just making fun of the white patriarchy because we always do. But but that's like, you true. painted it. That's what it is. It's like the like the sheltered mama's boy who has been like carried and then just n- no no grievances whatsoever, no problems whatsoever, and then any little bitty thing that kind of go on an outburst and those outbursts more fragile look like war, are. like exactly like those you outbursts look like uh, theory. They're more sensitive than we are. They are okay. Look at every <laughs> look at history, man. Look at history. I don't know why there's this idea that women are sensitive. Look at history. <laughs> look at Genghis Khan. They like, <laughs> like start wars over shit. Tell me a I'm woman who like, started a war. Getting it. Don't wait. Don't go. Yeah. Don't. I yeah. take that back. Yeah, but like if we're gonna, I mean, the, the majority. I mean, if we're gonna. No, that's because okay, we, also, we don't have power, shit. but I also have a theory, obviously. Yeah. Like, like we that... haven't, yeah, we haven't had many opportunities to be in power. However, if you look at, like, certain tribal communities, like, in um, Africa and in indigenous uh, communities in um, North America, and I believe, I'm not going to say minor Aztec yet, because I'm not super sure, but I know for indigenous, um, like, native communities in North America, well, I mean, women were leaders, and they did a great, great job, like, if, fantastic if job. If women have been, were in charge from 
the beginning of time, like Adam and Eve, um, then I don't think there would be weapons of mass destruction. Like, literally, why did we create that atomic bomb? Yeah. Like, why? Why did we create that? gender is a spectrum. It's not funny. It's true. Gender is a spectrum as well. But I just had to add that in. When we talk about men and women, I have to add that in. And so, yeah, more of a story. If if any of this offended you, you need to decenter yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I should, we should both practice that as well. Absolutely. Like now I'm like, I'm really going to be keen. I'm like, okay, why am I mad about this? Yeah. I'm actually not that mad. It's because society told me to be mad. Yeah. If you're offended, maybe like there's a like a logical response instead of just being like that, like I'm upset that you said that and you can't say that. But like, why? I'm sure there's a valid reason. But like, why don't I think about it and say that instead of you can't say X? Yeah. Like, let's have a conversation. You know, yeah. like, let's have a conversation. And it's, like, some people are not willing to have the conversation because of years and years of hurt. And it's, like, okay, fine. Like, you're, you know, a lot of experiences with racism make you not want to talk about these things. All right. But yeah. this person is going to leave this room thinking that they, um, that you're too sensitive and no one learned anything. And they're going to even be feeling more justified. And they're going to even probably go out of their way to be worse. Yeah. Why? I've seen that shit. I've seen how people like interpret like when someone's being sensitive and they just like are worse yeah and and it's like I, we have it's like and the thing is like we shouldn't force people to like go out of their comfort zone but like i know for me like i hate that i have to like tell people shit but i feel like i don't see i don't know what other way there is i, I just don't i don't trust that they're gonna go do the work themselves because at all I, i'm telling you if if we taught getting out of your comfort zone in school it wouldn't be such an issue. Like, we just don't teach how we actually need them to act when they're adults. Yeah. yeah. To be, like, effective members of yeah. a uh, peaceful, thriving society. Exactly. And it's just, like, and if some people are willing to do that work, great. And I guess it, and it comes from a place for Povis for us to say, like, well, we have to, like, do mm-hmm. it. It does. But it's, like. I, but I'm really trying to think about, like, if there is another way, what is the other way? Like, how, how do we trust that people, like, the patriarchy and, I don't know, white people, I don't know, and people in power are going to do the work to educate themselves, you know, and, like, people I'm, around I'm us. I'm offended that you just targeted me racially. No, yeah. I think you're, I'm <laughs> kidding, obviously. I think that no. you're, you're right. Like, it's, like, you can't force people to, like, just, like, want to make positive change. But, like, people have to. I, don't I know. know. It's like, ah, I don't want to, like, I'm, it's not my responsibility to teach you, but I feel like I don't trust you to teach yourself. Like, yeah. it's so weird. And, like, I don't think we're talking about that part enough. It's like, well, it's not my responsibility. It's like, you're right, but also, what the fuck? Who's this? Like, I don't know. And I think that will be worth like, exploring more. You know, of course, we are both still unlearning, you know? Like, there's still things that we need to, like, understand better. And I'm trying to read a lot more about this stuff. But I am truly am, genuinely have been concerned lately. Like, how do we actually make positive change? And it's going to require personal sacrifices. It just, that's the only way. And I've seen that across the board with everything I've read. You have to make a little bit of a personal sacrifice. And so when we look at languages and stuff like that, learn that language. You know, listen to it, someone different than you. Like, that was the whole moral of this, like, episode right here. You know, like. Yeah, this was such a chaotic episode, but I liked it. <laughs> this was uh, Balagan. That's one of the words I know in Hebrew. A mess. What is it? 
Balagan. Oh my god, I went to a restaurant in Paris called Balagan, and it was an Israeli restaurant. So oh, good. So it was the best restaurant I've ever been to in Paris. It was amazing. Balagan. I, it was so, so good. Oh my god, that's really funny you said that. What does it mean again? Mess. Messed? Yeah. Mess. Like a mess. It's a balagan. It's a that mess. is so fun. A good word. Thank you. I'm really happy I know that now. You can teach See? me an Arabic word next episode. Or I can teach you one right now. Kidding. You definitely know it. Yalla. That's one of the only other words I know. Because everyone, everyone says that in Hebrew and Arabic. Yeah, it's an amazing. Yeah. And then Habibi is my favorite word. Habibi. That's a good Habibi. One. So long. So thank you for listening, Habibis. Um, look that up so you can learn more about Arabs. <laughs> um, and stay tuned for our next episode, which will most likely probably be on, honestly, a continuing of this discussion on yeah. peace culture and well, the well, far left and culture. the far right. Right. Yeah. We could just rip on everyone. Yes. That's see exactly where we're, we gotta we gotta we gotta critique both sides even our side. Yeah, see we're doing the work, so so can you. Thank you. See you soon. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good morning. <laughs>